Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Sully Baseball Daily, the podcast we talk about baseball 365 days a year, unless it's a leap year, and then we're going to do another one. I've been doing this every single day since October 24th, 2012. Today's date is the third day of March, 2017. I'm your host, Paul Francis Owen. Please call me Sully. I'm recording this outside, under the stars, in a beautiful night. In Palo Alto, California, the birthplace of Los Angeles Dodgers center fielder Jock Peterson, and just a line drive from Sunken Diamond, the baseball home of the Stanford Cardinal. I'm standing in the parking lot here in Palo Alto, and I'm staring up at the sky. Now, I'm sure the stars are more beautiful than if I was like in Montana or Alaska. You know, someplace where there's absolutely nothing interfering with the, with your view of space right now. But I just love looking up and I'm seeing these stars and planets. I'm seeing light that is... I see Orion's belt right now. I'm looking at that goddamn Orion's belt. Sorry, Ray. And you just see the... Out there, these lights that are billions of years old that are just finally reaching us and I wonder what's happening there what's happening in these places I'm looking back in time and with that I you can't help but look at the sky I can't fathom where anyone could look at the sky and the stars and not contemplate your position in this vast universe of which we only know an infinitesimal fraction of the universe. And this is one thing that, that, you know, I think we all have to realize. Someone will look back at us like I'm looking back at these stars. And they'll look at our knowledge. They'll look at our scientific knowledge, our knowledge of cosmology, our knowledge of science, our knowledge of biology, our knowledge of, of everything and laugh, laugh at how primitive we are, laugh at our methods, laugh at our lack of understanding that some of the smartest people in the world who are geniuses in science will look foolish because our knowledge of science will improve. They will look at us and say, whoa, those are the smartest people in the world back then. And they thought that. And a 7th or 8th grader, all those thousands of years from now, would look at the Neil deGrasse Tysons of the world and say, oh, what they didn't know. What they didn't know. And with this comes a humbling experience. You look up at the, scar- the stars and you look up at space And it puts things in perspective. I mean, think about the beautiful pale blue dot essay that was written by Carl Sagan. Where he's saying that when they saw, I think it was, was was it the Voyager? One of the probes, the deep space probes. Looked back and took a picture of Earth. And I think it was by Mars or Jupiter at that point. And Earth was just this tiny pale blue dot. And that all the wars and all the heroes and all the literature that we know 
exist on a fraction of that dot. And it's that sort of humility and trying to understand our place in the universe that your pal Sully needs badly right now. Do you know why? Because David Price is injured. David Price. Big, huge, honking free agent signing. David Price, a pitcher who I admire, a pitcher who I respect, but always kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Partly because I am a Red Sox fan. And he came out of the bullpen and saved Game 7 of the 2008 ALCS, a series I desperately wanted the Red Sox to win. Because I wanted them to win back-to-back World Series. I wanted them to get the back-to-back titles with... With people saying they made a mistake trading Manny Ramirez to say, oh, we made a mistake? How about we win the damn World Series? And that they would have been the, one of the great comebacks. It would have been yet another classic Francona comeback with the Red Sox. Down 3-1, getting their ass kicked at home. Have that amazing comeback in Game 5, winning Game 6. And rallying in Game 7 with the bases loaded. And in comes this rookie who had pitched, what, only five or six games. Yeah, he was the number one pick overall. But do you know what? He was raw. He was green. And he came out and he struck out J.D. Drew. And then got the Red Sox with the tying run at the plate in the ninth inning. And got Jed Lowry to ground out to second base. And Tampa Bay went to the World Series. Now, in retrospect... It's good for baseball that Tampa Bay went to the World Series so you could have that team be represented, have a World Series go through Tampa, have at least one moment where everything fit, and it seemed like the perfect Tampa Bay team to go to the World Series because it still had so many of the stars that you associate with that team. But I'm still a little pissed, even with the Red Sox winning in 2013. I wanted that title. In 2008. And in fact, people think I'm a Patriot fan because I, you know, I'm a native New Englander and I like the Celtics. I'm a big Red Sox fan. And I said I would trade every single Tom Brady Super Bowl for J.D. Drew to hit a double in the gap at that moment. Tom Brady would have zero rings. The Patriots would have as many Super Bowl titles as the Detroit Lions in exchange for a double in the gap. I make that exchange 7,000 times out of 6,000. And he was always, you know, he, there was always bad blood between David Price and the Red Sox, and, and, and that was good. I think that was positive. I think bad blood is a positive thing in baseball. It makes it more fun. And it made the games against Tampa Bay, oh, they were chippy. They were chippy. And Tampa Bay beat the Red Sox in the ALCS in 2008. Tampa Bay snuck past the Red Sox in the great collapse of 2011. So there's always a little bit of, you know, I got a little chip on my shoulder. On those two years, and finally the Red Sox got their revenge and eliminated Tampa Bay in the 2013 Division Series, of which David Price, who pitched a complete game to get them into the wildcard game, but got his butt smacked in Game 1 of the Division Series with, you know, David Ortiz launching that big, huge home run off of him, blah, 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 blah.
So there's always David Price has been one of those players that I always rooted against. Who I respected. I don't know David Price. I'm sure he's a good guy. But the fact of the matter is, good guy or not, there's always room to have that player who you respect, you tip your proverbial cap to, and you say, holy Toledo, I want to beat the snot out of this guy. And so, you know, he, he's been, when you think about this is this is something that I find interesting about David Price. He played in the postseason in 2013, 2014, 2015, and 2016. Four straight years. Now, a lot of players play in the postseason four straight years. You know what made David Price unusual? He played in the 2013 Division Series with the Tampa Bay Rays, the 2014 Division Series with the Detroit Tigers, the 2015 Division Series and League Championship Series with the Toronto Blue Jays, and the 2016 Division Series with the Boston Red Sox. Four straight years with four different teams. That's wild, especially with a, you know, a star player like Price. It was strange when he signed with the Red Sox because he was someone who I so often rooted against. But that's you know that comes with the territory when you're the big bad Red Sox, you're the big bad spending team. That comes with the territory. That you're going to find out that any sort of rivalry and hatred that he may have for your team, money walks, talks. What is it? Does money walk or talk? Money talks or does money walk? Either way, money money is is a is a nice incentive. I gotta tell you, I I thought for sure, absolutely thought for sure, David Price was gonna sign with the Chicago Cubs. I absolutely thought that. I thought the Cubs were lining it up to have a rotation of Arietta, Lester, Price, and who, you know whomever else, and they were gonna have the reunion with Joe Madden. I wonder if he wished he did that. Now, Price is a workhorse. Price is someone who is good for 200 blah, 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 blah innings every damn year. He pitched, last year was a disappointing year for the Red Sox, but do you know what? He had one of the highest WOB totals. Who owns baseball? Remember who owns baseball? I'm going to start that up again pretty soon. Despite having a relatively disappointing year and having his ERA hovering around four for most of the season, he pitched a hell of a lot of innings. And a bunch of the games he pitched very well. Now, a bunch of the games he got his ass handed to him. And it was a letdown. You know, especially when you have, when you're coming into a city with, you've already had so much bad blood. And you're expected to pitch at a certain high level. And the result is, that was his year. A couple of moments like, hey, there's the ace. Oh, he got his ass kicked again. And it was frustrating. Now, thank goodness Rick Porcello had the year he had. Thank goodness Stephen Wright had the first half that he had. And the Red Sox went on that winning streak, and they won the division. Price got his butt kicked in the playoffs. But we're looking at this team. But we're looking at a team where we're thinking, hey, we, we're all in. We have a Cy Young Award winner in Rick Porcello. 
We have a former Cy Young Award winner in David Price. We have Chris Sale, who very well may be a, a future Cy Young Award winner. And as of this recording, the four and five starters both were on the All-Star team all the way back in 2016. That would be Stephen Wright, Andrew Pomerantz. So, even though the Red Sox don't have David Ortiz, you look and say, all right, Kimbrell can have a good year out of the bullpen, and they've made a couple of moves to shore that up, and you know what? With that rotation, that's clearly the deepest rotation in the American League East, and, you know, we can take a look as we're probably going to win back-to-back division titles. Back-to-back division titles. How about that, John Farrell? Everyone wanted to fire him. When all is said and done, you can say since 2013, he'll have, chances are he'll have won three division titles and a world championship. How do you like me now? But now comes the words that every baseball fan dreads to hear. And that is Dr. Edwards. It's James, right? Yeah, Dr. James Edwards. Dr. James Edwards, the Grim Reaper of Arms. He's going to have MRIs done. He's going to have multiple MRIs done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And here we go. Here we go. And when is it ever good? Seriously, when is it ever good? Whenever you hear steroid allegations, when does it ever turn out to be like, oh, it turns out he was totally clean? Whenever you hear allegations that someone was cheating on their wife, some celebrity was cheating on their wife, it's like, oh, this is, there's no story here. These are very false allegations. When do they ever turn out to be false? And when do you ever go to Dr. James Edwards and say, ah, you know what? Just, just, Put, put some Bactine on it. Just rub it out. Just stretch it out. Have some Honey Nut Cheerios. You'll be all right. When does that ever happen? James Edwards must be sitting behind his desk going, oh, crap. Either that or he's doing it. I mean, has anyone suspected that? Has anyone thought, like, wait a minute, maybe he's going in there. So, oh, well, let me examine it. Maybe, he's, maybe he snaps him. Maybe he's Dr. Giggles. I don't know. God bless anyone who got my Dr. Giggles reference. So, I'm just waiting for it. I am waiting for anything short of his arm being amputated. I just assume he's not going to pitch this year. I just assume that. I assume he's done. Just wait. He has what? He's got, what, 48 more years left on his contract? There you go. The people who were giggling when the Red Sox signed him were saying, like, he's in his 30s. What are you doing signing a pitcher long-term to their 30s? And I ignored them because he's a workhorse, and I thought it was a good short-term gain. And you know what? Look at Despite his disappointing season he had last year, in the end, he gave the Red Sox a crapload of innings. 
won a bunch of games, and the Red Sox won the division. I, I don't know if they do that with another pitcher. I don't know if a replacement pitcher could match that or at least have that same result. I don't know, and neither do you. But last year's success is measured, I mean, it was a different yardstick than what's going on for this year. Because the Red Sox won a World Series in 2013. Maybe you heard it in the papers. And I've said, I've said this as a guest on other podcasts, that they won the World Series in a rebuilding year. That was a rebuilding year. It's strange to win a World Series in a rebuilding year, but that's what happened. And it bought them a little bit of time. That was after the collapse in 2011 and the disastrous Bobby Valentine season. They needed a new manager, and they needed to stick a bunch of veterans into some spots while they developed some of their players, like Xander Bogarts, like Jackie Bradley Jr., like Mookie Betts, like Andrew Benatendi. Yes, I know Benatendi wasn't drafted yet. You know what I mean, that they needed to develop players from within and have some stop gaps, not long-term solutions, to be keeping their seat warm at the major league level. And it just so happens, the coach of Uaharas, the Johnny Gomeses, the Shane Victorinos, the Mike Napolis of the world, contributed to a World Series title that nobody, not even you, saw coming. So the, the goodwill lasted through 2014, a little impatience in 2015 as they, you know, they'll point out that the Red Sox had last place finishes in back-to-back years, and then back to first place. So last year was a success. It was like, all right. They had the rebuilding, and now they're a contending team again. And now they're going for the jugular. And with David Price gone, that significantly lowers the chance of going for the proverbial jugular. I just assume he's gone. I assume he's gone for the year. You go to Dr. Edwards, you're gone. Done. So... My question is, what does this mean for the Red Sox? Now, I think the Red Sox are still going to contend. I think this is one of the reasons you make the move for Chris Sale. You know, they, at this point, between Sale, Porcello, and Price, I mean, isn't Price the number three starter on the team? Now, where things could get worried is this. Remember, Porcello was terrible in 2015. And you know that Chris Sale is a young pitcher with this kind of violent delivery. If the injury bug hits the team in a really, really hard way, then banking on the rotation to lead the team to the promised land will go south in an awful hurry. Now, There have been instances where a team loses one of their best pitchers and they don't miss a step. You know, the St. Louis Cardinals lost Adam Wainwright for the entire 2011 season. And this is when he was coming off of a couple of potential Cy Young seasons. And all of a sudden, you don't have Wainwright anymore. What are you going to do? Do what they did? They won the World Series. You know, you can, you've seen teams recover. You know, or, or some teams have had, you know, a pitcher 
who they've been counting on as an ace either regress an incredibly fast amount or lose them to injury. The 20, if you told me in 2012 that Tim Lincecum was no longer going to be an effective starter for the San Francisco Giants, I would have thought that their chances of winning the division were sunk. They won the division, they won the World Series, using Lincecum as a reliever in the postseason. In 2014, they didn't get a great season out of Lincecum, and they basically, Matt Cain was lost for the year. And they went on to win the World Series that year, too. Last year, you saw the Mets lose practically their entire rotation. And using gum and yarn, they kept the team together and got all the way to the wild card game, which was scoreless in the ninth. You know, if Connor Gillespie doesn't hit a home run and the Mets can, you know, force a run or two across the board, they may have gone on to face the Cubs in the division series. I don't know, and neither do you. But my point is this, David Price, any innings now the Red Sox get out of David Price this year, I'm going to consider a bonus. Now, as of this recording, I'm still leaning that the American League champion is going to be the Cleveland Indians just because I think they're the best team. I think the Red Sox would give them a run for their money, but it would be a lot harder run for the money when you remove the 200-some-odd innings you're going to expect out of David Price, especially hoping they get a bump. There's a lot of pressure now on Parcello to show his Cy Young Award wasn't a fluke. There's a lot of pressure on Chris Sale to show that giving up on two of the best prospects in baseball was worth the ticket. You know, the Red Sox gave up some good prospects to get Josh Beckett, and that worked a few years ago. So, I just say, buckle up. And whatever we got out of David Price this year, and we, I can say we, is going to be a bonus. And if I'm feeling bad about that, and I'm feeling like that's going to derail the summer, I'm just going to look up at the sky again, at Orion's belt, and contemplate a vast universe of which... Virtually no part of that black matter that I'm looking up there knows a thing about the Red Sox rotation. So go to SullyBaseball.com, like me on Facebook, subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter, Stitcher, Instagram. I'm everywhere. The music is by Ted Thacker and Patrick Kaliski. Contemplating the universe and wondering where David Price's arm fits into that. This has been the Sully Baseball Daily Podcast for the third day of March 2017. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.